Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Breaking Chains new show, History Talk, with Dr. LaVert Kemp. So turn the broadcast up and let's break chains in our history. Good evening to each and every one. As we go through a period of time where we have an ample time to study our history, it is my prayer that we will listen closely. And I also would just like to say as I proceed with my history teaching on the origin of man out of Africa and even mainly getting into the biblical perspective of the African-American or the African place in the Holy Bible, uh, I would like to just tell you, do your own research. I will give you the information, and just don't take what, I, don't take what I, I'm just saying. Look up. Take your time and look it up, because these are facts that I'm giving to you. And uh, I, would, I would just uh, tell you to, to research it. Because it would make you have pride in yourself. We like this thing of pride because I watched just the other night and I watched the history of the Bible, and I believe the only person I saw they showed was black was Samson. And knowing that there were no uh, Caucasians in the Bible at that time that they showed, showed that Egypt, uh, Ethiopia and all the rest of the area who are black are people of color, but it, for some reason they only show whites, and that is to make you have low self-esteem when you figure you have no part in the Bible. And we just want to want to want to. I've every <clears throat> excuse me every every evening that I've been coming on, I try to give you a refresher because those who are just just tuning in. I want you to know where all of this starts from. All of this starts from, we know about the Garden of Eden, but I'm going to go further back than saying the Garden of Eden. I'm going further back to the creation of man, the origin of man. And we're going to look back at, at, at the beginning, what I started off on the first night, talking about anthropology, the study of man, and uh, and then just, just do a little archaeology and and look at things and find out where, where do we fit in? Why where do we fit in with the uh, the thing about anthropology? Where where do I fit in? Where do blacks fit in about the study of man? Were we apes? Did we evolve from being apes to man? And that have been refuted by archaeologists and anthropologists. And and I'd like to start off by just saying, you know, just tracing uh, DNA and others back, we could find that uh, there was a lady called Lucy, and they found fossils what they call Australopithecus, and and before raising the forensic okay fossil, the skeleton was found in Ethiopia in 1974. And not simply because her upending and over understanding of the process, the evolution, but also because it became household name. She was found by Donald Johnson, Johansson, excuse me, and Tom Gray, who was looking for rock. 
And this says that Lucius was about 3.18 million years of age. And they noticed that they found the pelvis. And the pelvis refused Darwin because the pelvis was not that of a monkey that walked uh, bent over with the uh, arms touching the ground, but walk upright was the pelvis of a of a of a human that like we have today in contemporary human. Also, we're gonna look at Louis Leakey and his wife Mary Leakey in uh, February the sixth, nineteen thirteen, and and then in December nineteen sixty six, were the British. Uh, Philanthropist, a pepilogist who discovered the first fossil proconsul skull, which is extinct, which is an ape, which is now believed to be the ancestor to the human. But now, listen what they say. Also, they discovered a robust. Uh, they part, most of this came from what you call the Odiva Guards in Tanzania in East Africa, and several archaeological, anthropological fossils of an ancestors were found there. And they were human. While excavating the old guards in Africa in 60, in 1960, Louis Leakey found several artifacts. They found that back then that man was capable of making different weapons, and they had arrowheads, and this was going back millions of years. Now, when you look back on it, it takes it back to 2.3, and that's Australopithecus, is like 3.18 million years. And then you have Zenzantropus. Now, Zenzantropus, you have to understand Dealing when you're dealing with Zenzantropus, uh go back uh, at least two point seven million years, uh, and then when you look up when they say Zenzantropy, Zenzantropy simply means North East Africa. Zenzantropy. You can look these terms up, and and you can look up Professor Leakey, and that's why I, I was laughing when I thought about everything. If we say we're African Americans, what? How should a white person or a Caucasian say, "I'm African, European, and American"? Because we all came from there. But I'm gonna have some very important information on this. You know, now, in tr- if we trace back the DNA of. Uh, Maternal heritage, the mitochondrial DNA within our cells, all humans have the theoretical common ancestor. Every one of us have a theoretical ancestor. This woman known as mitochondria Eve lived between 100 to 200,000 years ago in South Africa. She was not the first human, but very, but every other female lineage eventually had no female offspring, failing to pass on the mitochondrial DNA, which they only found loses. As a result, all humans today can trace their mitochondrial DNA back to 
not Lucy, but Eve, within her DNA and that of her peers exists all the genetic variation we see in contemporary humans. Since Eve time, different populations of humans have drifted apart genetically, forming distinct ethnic groups all over the continent. Now, I want to say this, and I want to say this. Now, that was a man about 315 B.C., 315 years before Christ, that they found in South Africa, is the closest relative yet known to humanity with common, the common to the female ancestry of mitochondrial Eve. He was a fisherman along the coast of Southern Africa with a close genetic match to Eve. St. Helen Bay in South Africa is where he did found his skeletal remain. The archaeologist was Andrew Smith at the university, and they did the DNA at the University of Cape Town. 50, he was about 50, was the first ancient uh, human from the sub-Saharan, the cradle of our humanity, which they call the cradle of civilization. Sub-Saharan Africa, right below Ethiopia and Kenya, not in the jungle part, but sub-Saharan Africa. That's where we all came from. Now, I also want to make a statement, and this is a very profound statement. I was just shocked that I did my research, and in my research, I researched, and I was wondering, well, if we all came to Africa, why there are blacks, all blacks uh, 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 in Africa, why they are dark-skinned in Africa, and why whites live in Europe if whites left, and it was called a section, they said, out of Africa, and people began to leave and go abroad. And they said that when Africans got up and, and moved up to Europe, Europe and to colder climates, they went through uh, mutation. And if you know what a mutation is, a mutation means that it's not pure that it goes through this change. We also know what albino is. We know what albino, black, there are black people who have children that come out white, blonde hair, but most of the time they have a, a, a curly. But you dis, it, they have the no skin pigmentation or uh, uh, melanin in their skin. And that's the same thing with white uh, or Caucasian. They like melanin. And they they are a mutation. They are not a pure uh, color, a pure race. That's why when you have uh, children, for, if you ever notice that you have your dominant and your regressive, if a kid is born by a black father or a black mother, that kid and the father is white with a black woman, and even if the male is black and the female is white, the child always going to come out with the dominant gene. And the dominant gene is not a recessive gene. That The recessive gene will be your white gene. That's why they're always going to end up being uh, 
African Americans are either they're going to be not uh, a white person. And I just want to say too to us, those that are listening, there are more people of color in the world than that they are Caucasian or from European countries. All you have to do is think about China as the largest continent. The next largest is India, and the next largest is Africa. The next is South. When when you start counting South America and America, and you do that, you'll find out that that the people of color uh, make more. There are more people of color than any other race or nationality in the world make up people of color. That uh, that Caucasians um, make up least of the population than anyone else. Now, I, I spoke on that, and the reason I'm speaking on that because I want you to know that mankind didn't come from Asia. Mankind didn't originate from Europe. When they go to find the oldest fossils of humankind, and the Bible called it Adam or Adam, which means mankind, you go look for it, in sub-Saharan Africa, in Africa, you could find fossils of human beings that walked upright millions of years. And so that, that refused. And I just want to say I've always never agreed with Darwin with his theory of evolution because I, I, I there are zoos. Uh, we have a zoo here in Baton Rouge as the largest zoo in New Orleans, uh, Ottoman Zoo, and we have the Baton Rouge Zoo. But I've never seen in many, many years I've never seen a monkey turn into uh, a human. We, we, we talk about how over time, over a process of time, but it never did. They don't do it. So Darwin, I don't believe what Darwin has to say one bit about that. I, I totally disagree. And as I begin to look at things, I begin to study even further because I, I wanted to know for myself why I had these things trying to figure out why are all te- television Bible characters are white, while all pictures of Bible characters such as angels and disciples and the prophets and kings are always white. Do we have anything, do blacks have anything to do with the Bible? Why some blacks call the Bible a white man's book? And this is what I'm trying. I, I did my my thesis, and there were some questions I wanted to answer in my thesis. And I began to do a lot of research, and I, I started I started off thinking about in Genesis when God said that He He said that let us make man, and then but He goes on further and He says and He formed man from the dust of the earth. I've never seen white dust. I've never seen white dirt. I've seen red dirt. I've seen grayish brown dirt, but I have never seen white dirt. So I begin to think about it, and so unless they uh, bleach the dirt. And now I, I, I continue to begin to look at these different things that I, I, I thought about as I looked over it, then I started reading the Bible, and the Bible started talking about the Garden of Eden. 
And it started talking when it dealt with the Garden of Eden. It was saying about the Hedekia and the, and they talked about the Gion and the Pishon and talked about how the how the Gion and Webster dictionaries is is now called the Nile talking about it encompass Ethiopia and, and, and it talks about the Pishon. And and what they were saying, the land of Havilah, and Havilah is the sons of Ethiopia. And if you look up the name Havilah, you'll find that name synonymous with Ethiopia. Used for the, the land of Cush, Ethiopia. And the word Cush means burnt face. And that, that, that was talking about the color of the people of that land, call them burnt face. They even call Egypt real name, but people call Kemets. And it doesn't mean black black dirt. It means the people mean black. Kemet mean a Kim mean black. You can look it up for yourself. Now, they say where the Garden of Eden was located, if you notice, they give some rivers. But now these very rivers that they give, uh, the Nile does not run through Asia. But the Nile runs right in North Africa. I, as I, I started researching it, and it was talking about the land of Sheba. And I talk about Kush Sheba and Havilah. And, and it talks about, about in the region, it's so-called Dejabute, or uh, Somalia land. And it talks about how the name of the second river is the Gion. This is the Nile, and the same that it encompassed the whole land of Ethiopia. Now we find that it was possible for the Pishon and the Gion to flow from Africa continent all the way over to the other because we know that that was a flood and that the landmass could have been separated from the flood. They have been seen a rift. If you go through anthropology and different other things, looking at, at geology rather than anthropology, as you look at geology, you'll find out that that way the Red Sea is that those parts touch. If you look at where the Mediterranean is separated, Africa from different parts of the European continent, you can see it fits like a puzzle. But now, I, I, I truly believe that they, that they were hooked together. I do not believe that the Hedekia River is the Tigris River. They have the name of the Euphrates. And I would, I would, I would submit to you today that, that because the Hedekia River was supposed to run east and west, and it does not, today the Tigris River runs north and south. So I, I, I've seen some different things in there. And they, they put everything in around the Euphrates. And we, they, they say Euphrates, uh, they want to say that's the land where everything comes from. But no, theoretically, the Bible really do starts off in different areas from Egypt. And knowing one thing we have to look at, too, if the Garden of Eden had every animal, every reptile, every insect, it could not be in the side of one state. It had to be larger than something larger than Texas and larger than if you would take Texas and Alaska put together for the start off. 
just with the people, but it had to be a warm climate because certain animals you do not find in cold weather. Now, I want you to understand this, too. As I began to study, I, 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 I thought about as I began to look into the Bible, I wanted to know, and I, I looked up different names that I was, we were talking about in the book how they were talking about the different people who had the dark skin, the, the people. And they talk about, here it is, they, when you go to it, they say Noah at the floor, he had sons. Shem, Ham, and Jephthah, and there was his, and the three had wives, and then you had Noah and his wife, which meant eight. Well, they said that Ham is the father of Africa. They say Shem is the father of the Shemites, uh, of the Shemitic people, or the children of Israel, or the Hebrew. And then you had Jephthah, which is the father of the white race. Now, if you pay close attention to it, I want you to, to pay close attention when it goes to talk about Jephthah and they get in that around that 10th chapter talking about Jephthah in your Bible. If you have a Bible, you can look it up. And in that 10th chapter of Genesis, it talks about the seed of Jephthah. And the reason I'm going to Jephthah right now because it starts off, and the reason I want you to get get to know this, and I ask those who are listening, if you have your Bible, to underline this in Genesis, the 10th chapter, and starting at verse 1, because, and I'm going to stop at verse 3, because 1 verse, 10 chapter 1 and 2, 3, is because I want you to underline a name, because you're going to hear, you hear that name even today, and though these are people that's in the Holy Land that says that they are Israelites and are not. And now I want to show you something, because to be an Israelite, you have to come off the lineage of Shem. Now, I want you to pay close attention, and this is how I read. Now, these are the generations of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. And unto them were sons born after the flood. The sons of Jephthah, Gomer, and Magog, and Medea and Javon and Tubala and Misha and Tyrus. And the sons of Gomer were Eskenaz. You could stop underlying that word Eskenaz. That is one of the largest group of people who inhabit the Holy Land right now. Uh, they call themselves Eskenaz Jews, which there is no such thing as an Eskenaz Jew. There is no such thing as an Eskenized Jew because you have to come off the lineage of Shem, not off the lineage of Jephthah. The other large group of people that's in the Holy Land even today are not real Israelites or so-called Jews. They are so-called Jews. See, they're Jews and they're not. They're serfdom. They're from serfdom. They're they are really from Spain. They're really around Spain today in Portuguese. They are not. That's where they're from. And then you have the Khazar that come from north of Turkey. They're in the land. They have no Israelite blood in them. The covenant was made with Israel. 
the term Jew is 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 a term that come from Yehuda a lot of in in the Hebrew and the Greek. Yeah, Lada. L O U D A I Lada. And in the in the Hebrew it was Yahuda because there's no such thing as a J. Now there are people that say that they are, but to be a to be a call yourself a Jew, you could just take up the religion or practice what they practice and call yourself one. That's what they are. They are not the bloodline. The bloodline of true Israelites are not white. And I'm gonna prove this to you. In my report, and not my report, but in my thesis to get my master's, I did some re- research. And one of the research I did was in the World Mark of Nations. And in the World Mark of Nations, I found out through research, looking up who were over where Abraham came from. Now, the Bible talks about, even if you read your Bible, and you go into your Bible, and you're going to find out that they call a place called Nimrod, where Nimrod was, was in the 11th chapter of the book of Genesis. They said that Nimrod was a mighty hunter before God. Excuse me, that's in your tent. But it was a mighty hunter before God. Now, when they built the Tower of Babel, they was building. That's where the place around the area where Abraham came from, which was called or the Chaldees uh, Manasseh in that area, or, or the Chaldees. But now, you have to understand that Nimrod was called a mighty hunter before the Lord, and the area in which Shem resided in was called the land of Nimrod. And I'm about to put a shocker, and you can look this up if you want to. I was Googling and, and, and searching, and I wanted to know what color was the Sumerians or, or the people that was in that area where Abraham comes from about 500 years. And I found out that, and then I wanted, what color were they? And they said that the people were chocolate. And they had short, stooped nose. That means that mean a short, fat nose. Some had straight hair and some had curly like sheep. And if you ever look at the Syrians, uh, out of Babylonia, the Assyrians, uh, 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 what, what that was, uh, hammerable. All you see is like the kids way the day they have with the little twisted up hair and plaited up beard, curly beard and curly up hair. The people were of African descent. They looked like what we look today. It, it's all written before us, but the problem with with us was after we were brought here to America and Many white scholars have written about it, but we don't pick the books up to find it out because uh, I've, I've, okay, I want to say it this way. I've always been very inquisitive. Inquiring minds want to know, why is this that way? I've always asked questions. I would like to know. And I was inquiring, and after I do, after I inquire and I study, and then I come analytical, and I'm going, well, if the people were chocolate, that's darker than myself. 
And that's where the uh, Abraham came from. And I, I wanted to know why would Abraham come from there? If he came from there, well, what color was he if that's the area he came from? If he came from the land of Nimrod, what color was he if he came from Sumer? And then I researched the world modern nation further, and it said that it was an Ethiopian civilization. Midia, Midia, Midianites. It's all right before us. It's, it's always been right before our eyes. Where Abraham came from, and this is, I'm going a little bit further into it than I should at this particular time. But when you study your Bible, do you ever wonder how could Moses pass for a black king's grandson from a black lady? Why would, when Moses ended up killing an Egyptian, he ran off to round? Ethiopia, and he met his wife, Katara. And when he met her, I mean Zipporah, when he met her, he met her. She told her father, well, Jephro, he was, they call him Jephro now, but uh, through, through their words to the English dictionary, and I want to talk to you about that too, about the English Bible that that, that that King James did the butchering of it, what he done, but she told her father she found the Egyptian. Moses' wife was an Ethiopian. He was black, a black Egyptian. He was a black uh, Israelite who were black. So they 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 married. You couldn't tell the difference. And another case in print: Joseph was sold by the Midianite, the Ethiopian, to Egypt. And when his brothers had to come for him to rescue them, and they thought he was dead, they thought he was the Egyptian. That was before Moses. And he married a black lady. Her name was Asenta. And that's what Joshua come off of. Now, 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 now I, I kind of went a little bit too far forward, forward on us because uh, I, I really wanted to put that in because it's very inspiring when you know these things, when you learn of these things. And going back to Abraham, Abraham met a person, the first person in the Bible, the first high priest in the Bible, name was Melchizedek. He was the high priest of Salem. That meant he was a Canaanite. Evidently, he knew God because Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek when he went and rescued his nephew Lot from where there was four or five kings that captured them when they separated. Now, now, when you look at these things, you wonder, like, well, wait a minute. I'm, 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 my eyes are beginning to open up. I'm beginning to pay closely to attention to things because even, and, 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 you know, as, as we look at it, you'll find out that all of this stuff points to you. I, just, I would say you are that man. 
You remember when David uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba and King Nathan went and told him about, and he said, uh, the man should surely die. Well, the question was asked, the question I asked you today to tell you, not tell you today, but the Bible is talking about you. You are that man, okay? You are the man that the Bible is talking about. You are the very person who the Lord started his people with. You are Hebrews. You are a black race of people, black Hebrews. Now I want you I want you I want you to get this because I really uh want you to pick up on this. I I really, really want you to pick up on this. I was reading about the black man in the old testament and I thought something and I knew this I had thought of this within my um within my, my thesis. You know, it said the King James Version was complete and presented to uh, King in 1611. Now, now notice this is going into slavery. That presentation speech praised the King, gave him full credit for having seen the need, such as work and, and presenting according to their speech. Now, I want you to understand this. Another point in evidence, uh, the desire of English translators to make scripture better understood among English-speaking people can be noted in the title often conferred. Now, 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 first of all, the people are called lords. Uh, the children of Israel don't call people lords. It's, it's God. You know, this custom was very Definitely not Hebrew. It wasn't a Hebrew a custom. No student of Hebrew religion or culture can conceive of hearing an ancient uh, Hebrew addressing a man by the same name that he addressed God. Nobody would do that. Not one Hebrew would call somebody Lord. You know, you got you heard the movie The Lord of the Rings. You have to understand that. Now, I want you to understand who wrote, who who had the Bible interpreted. Now, I want you to listen at this. No student of Hebrew religion, culture, or conceived hearing an ancient Hebrew addressing a man by the same name he addressed God. A man of the ancient Judaism was a man, prophet, priest, king, rabbi, uh, Nazareth, miracle worker, never lord. Read the word Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The word should not be Lord. This has to be a special adaptation so that feudal English uh, England would be able to appreciate the position and the power the man understood the reference. Unfortunately, indeed, it has been for black people in the English-speaking world in particular and the Western world in general. The King James translation did not employ the Bible text, the term Cush, which should be in the Bible. You don't see Cush. Other English equivalent Greek word Ethiopia. If they had done so, then English Bible would present a clear picture of the people involved 
17th century English was very similar with the black man from South Saharan Africa. The Greeks had been there. They knew. The Romans had planted there. They knew. And the Muslim long since, they knew about the black man's land. They knew about Ethiopia. They knew about Egypt. But King James left it out. See, he called the Sudanese people Negroes. Now, I want now it's important that we understand who wrote this, who, who, who wrote some of the things in the Bible that you're supposed to be subservient to your master. Now, he, he, he was involved in slave trade, so I call somebody Lord. You don't call no man Lord. Now, I want you to understand this because I want you to understand exactly about the writing of the Bible by King James and his interpretation may not always be the correct one that we're going to, that, that's going to use to uh, show us the, the truth because the same people that interpreted that scripture, some of the things he did use to denigrate blacks to make us seem to be servants, and we have to listen to it closely. See, the Holy Scripture in the English tongue, amen, they declared that they had given the English-speaking people what they precisely what they want in simplicity, but at the same time, slave trade had begun, and they had to show and keep what they needed, and that was to keep the Negroes, who they would call slaves, out of it and said that we should be servants. They took different terms out of the Bible, like Ethiopia. All these terms should be in the Bible. Egypt, Ethiopia. Uh, they depicted the, the Ethiopian as not being black but as being uh, 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 almost white, and that's not so. You have brown-skinned Ethiopians. You have Africans of all. If you ever take a, a, a trip to Africa, you'll find out all Africans do not look alike. There are a variety of Africans. Some Ethiopians are real dark. Some of them are light. Some Israelites are light-skinned. Some are dark. And that that's that's how uh, African Americans um, are today, but a lot of us are mixed. But during that time, we have to understand that from where we came. And I I I, I was just more than adamant to say that throughout the time of Israel, and I want want to stipulate this very highly in chapter eleven. You're going to find that the children of Shem stayed in what we call now Iraq, Saudi Arabia, and all in that area in Turkey and Assyria, Syria and Assyria. But the children of Jephthah went into Europe. Now, I want you to understand that they left out the Bible around the 11th chapter of the book of Genesis. Look at it. Read it. Please do so. Caucasian left out the Bible in the book of Genesis. 
not to return until about four or 500 years before Christ with the coming, amen, of Alexander the Great. That's when they marched back into the Bible. Before then, they had nothing to do with the Old Testament from Abraham all the way past David. They didn't come back until Malachi and Zephaniah, well, Malachi and some others kind, and Micah. Now, I want you to see the Hermetic race and language and civilization, archaeological discoveries of rocks, written annals, and ancient cuneiform records have conclusively demonstrated that the Hamatic Negro were the early cells of Ur. The African Ethiopian Empire had for ages dominated Ur. Now, this is where Abraham came from, Ur the Chaldees. Chaldea were a mixture of Semite and Hamites. Others are a pure African Ethiopian breed and Hamatic race. Those who were mixed and strong had strong what they call Negroid features. This is what it says in the Mark of World Mark of Nations. The early Semites and Hamites possessed deep, dark skin, woolly African hair, Yellow and white hair found among the ancient Semite Hebrew was feared and socially shunned. If you want to look at it about, about the hair color, and if you had the white hair, you use a different color. In Leviticus, the 13th chapter, verse 16, and through the 6th, 30 and 2, and Genesis 10, 15, uh, talks about, about, about it too. And uh, as you go on, uh, let us not forget that Abraham, the father of the Hebrew race, fathered a son also, Hagar. Now, Hagar was African, his African servant. He was named Ishmael or Ishmael. We should understand that the worship of God was in Egypt before the time of Moses. Let us not forget there were three sons of Noah. There were also who were all were brothers and carried a lot of their father's tradition and belief with them. History tells us through records from the Egyptian hieroglyphic, the God of our Hebrew Laradites, forefather in Exodus 3, since they had yet adopted Yahweh or Jehovah in Egypt, hieroglyphics, it is in Hebrew or in Greek or in Latin, who has in fact replaced El Shaddai. Exodus 6 and 3, a tribe of deity without any form of a holy sacred, sacred scripture before one was introduced to Moses, Name following the latter alleged education in the mystery system. This system provided his knowledge up to his walk on Mount Horeb. It taught Moses, and I want to want to say, I want to just say this: God utilizes that mystery system. Moses was taught mathematics, engineering, astrology, all these things. He was taught in Pharaoh's, as Pharaoh's grandson, the art of war, 
And God trained him to lead his people, trained him to be a leader of a people that he would use to carry his word to all mankind. Amen. And and now we, we need to understand how that goes. Now, what color was the original Hebrew? This should be a major concern of all Bible readers as well as Bible scholars. As blacks and African men and women, we know of the racism and justice that we face on day-to-day basis. Will the same people who denied us our civil rights, the same people who held us in bondage and slavery, tell us the truth? Now, Timothy wrote, he says, study to show ourselves approved unto God that a workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This verse tells us that we Christians need to research the scriptures for ourselves. We know that Abraham is the father of the Hebrew race. The Bible teaches us that Abraham came from Haran. And I told you about that. And his wife, Sarah, was barren. She had no children. Terah took Abraham, his son, and left and went to Haran. Now, all of these are places that call the land of Nimrod, his son. Now, as he traveled, and they see, they tell us that Nimrod settled in what is known as a rock. You know, and I told y'all about him being a great hunter. They're talking about in the beginning of his kingdom is Babel, which is Babylon, Erech, Akkad, and Kelne, and the land of Shinar. About that land went for the Asia who built Nineveh and the city of Rehoboth and Kali. To understand the scriptures, one must first know the map of Asia Minor before even before Abraham's time. Now, how to identify black people in the Bible is easy. All you have to do is go back to Genesis, the 10th chapter, and look up the genealogy of Ham and look up the genealogy of Shem. Look up the genealogy of Cush, Metherim, Put, and Canaan, and you'll find out who are they. Go back and look up the Cushite, Jeffersite, Metherim, Put, Sodom, Amorites, Girgashites, Jeffersites, and you'll know just who they are. Let us continue to pay close attention to the crossbreeding of Hebrew, Hebrews and Africans throughout the Bible. It is easy to understand that black, on black, or black with black, or dog plus dog, make dog. We have been told for many years that we are inferior. We are cursed, a lower form of a human being. This is not true. Hebrews were dark-complexioned people throughout the Bible. Hebrews and blacks married and interbreeded. Let us look again at Shur, the Canaanite father of Tamar, who was the daughter-in-law of Judah. 
in Genesis 38 and 6 through 30, we should keep in mind in our study of the Bible that Jesus is a descendant of the tribe of Judah. The black shoe was the blood-linked ancestor to our Savior. His daughter was great-great-great-great-grandparent to Judah through Jacob, grandson, Perez. Tamar had twins for Judah, Zerah and Perez, Perez. And out of that come Jesus' lineage. Now, as we pay close attention, because all the way through the Bible, the children of Shem and the children of Ham intermarried. They didn't intermarry with Jephthah, which is Caucasian. It's all in your Bible. It's time that we read the Bible for what it exactly says. We have been mistreated just as the Hebrew of ancient times. In studying the Bible, we find crossbreeding between Hebrew and black went on in spite of all the law of Deuteronomy telling them not to take the people for to be their wives and not to not to marry others. And it wasn't because of a change of color, but yet it was because of the different gods that they worshipped. They didn't want idol idol worshiping to be into the Hebrew race. They wanted the, the just Jehovah, Yahweh, to be who they served. That's the reason they had strict not to marry. Such restriction exists for religious reasons, not race. The Israelites were already a mixed people long before entering and departing Egypt. This is why some scholars and historians have written that Hebrew were African for have African origin. The Greek historian geographer Strobo states that during his lifetime it was not unusual for a historian to think of Jews to be a black ancestry. Strobos went on to say that Jews living in the west in western Judea were partly African Egyptian. Roman Tacitus, he supports Strobos by saying Jews were Ethiopian. Now, I want us to truly understand this thing when they said that Jews were truly modern white Jews received much of their praise, culture, and popularity from the history of the early ancient black Israelite Jews. The early Hebrews, the light complexion Jews contributed nothing to the early Hebrew development, nor were they present during the exodus from Egypt under Moses or the invasion of the land of Canaan. The white so-called Jews that appear today is about 100 years after the death of Christ. We have to understand that when the temple was destroyed, that a lot of people were left and they were taken prisoners 
and they were taken to Rome. They were taken to other places, but majority of them fled to Africa and maintained their color and maintained their creed. The white Jews appeared 100 years after the death of Solomon. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants until the book of Second King were dark-skinned people, largely mixed with African hermetic features. I would like to state light-skinned Jews began to appear because of crossbreeding with Greeks during the time of Alexander the Great. Then came the Roman conquest, and interbreeding again took place. This is how light-skinned uh, so-called white Jews came about. Now, I would further want to, want to tell you this. All you have to do is look at the evolution of African Americans here. The people who conquer a country breed with the women. The African women were raped. The the, peop, the Indian or the indigenous people of America were raped by white people. They were uh, dark-skinned people too. the Native American were dog people. They looked different from Caucasian. Caucasians uh, didn't have, don't have a color. Matter of fact, even in the book of uh, Leviticus in the 13th chapter, it talks about having white skin and having blonde hair. That that it, that that was like uh, almost like a curse, or the people feared the people like that because they didn't know what was wrong that a person of color would come out that way. So now we're dealing with Alexander the Great now. Let us look back. Let, let us back up that above statement, Genesis 38, 1 and 11 in Chronicles, First uh, Chronicles 2 and 2 chapter 3. Let us go a step further to the history of Iraq. It is written in the world mark of nations under the past history that dates back before the time of Abraham in the land of Ur or Chaldea. Those who inhabited the country were very dark-skinned people, habitation, shrine, implements, and pottery found on various sites can be dated as far back as five millennium, 5,000 years. I told you earlier that the Sumerians were what they say they were the cover, they were the word of color, the color was that of chocolate. Some sites bear names that are familiar to the Bible, which consider the land between the two streams, the location of the garden, and Ur the Chaldees, the native land of the patriarch Abraham. Scientists, scientific exploration, archaeological research have amplified and confirm the system, systematize the half historical, half legendary Bible report, world mark of encyclopedia, records history in Mesopotamia begin with the Sumerians, who originally linguistic affinity have yet to be established with certainty. This tells us that Nimrod, the Hermetic, was the founder of the Sumerians, who are direct descendants of Ham, who we know was black. Furthermore, if Abraham came from Ur the Chaldees, he was black. 
to go even deeper into our research, let us travel, take us to the time of Joseph. I told you about Joseph's wife. I told you about him marrying Potiphar's, the priest's daughter, Asenta. I told you about that. I told you about he had the two children, Manasseh and Ephraim, and they were the grandfather of Joshua. So you know what color Joshua was. Now, when we when we look back at, at that, at even biblical standards and biblical why, we find out that all these things point to who we are. And the things that I, 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 I've listed to you are things that are really, really true. And all we have to do is go back and do our research and study for ourselves. And that way, we won't continue saying that this the Bible is is, is a book, a, a, a white book. No, it's not. To understand the Bible, we must understand the history of the Hebrew, the Egyptians, and the Ethiopians. These three black races played a great part throughout the Bible. Let us not stand idle and study history. H-I-S-S-T-O-R-Y, in America and in, in Europe. If you study history, even world history, you would think that the only civilization that really had anything going was the Europeans, the Greek, the Romans, the British, Portuguese. And even going further, going to a Gog or Magog, going to Russia. Now, I want you in Lithuania. Now, I want you to understand this very well. When and 5,000 years ago, when the pyramids were being made, built, 40 stories tall, I, I noticed uh, in particular in 2019 and 18, 2000, from, in the 2000s, for some reason, and I know what the reason is, it's they always deal with the racial thing. Uh, theoretically, it said that people came from outer space and built a pyramid. Why? Because they knew that they were African, black African king from the Sudan, black as tar, who built the pyramids. But if you're going to say these people are ignorant, you cannot give them credit for doing that. I submit to you today, Google how many pyramids are there in the Sudan, and you'll find out they have more pyramids in the Sudan that's in uh, in Egypt. But now how could a person in Egypt or Africans build a 40 story structure, a pyramid? How did they know how to embalm? How could they do brain surgery? How could they build these ships to travel abroad before whites ever was able to do it? How could they take and be metallurgists? How could they have chariots? How could they be so much more sophisticated than everyone else? So when you watch television, you watch Ben-Hur and you watch the rest, Everybody is white. Or you might find and they got some black slaves. 
You might see nothing but white people following Moses as he turned and might have a few black slaves along with him. And it's so far from being the truth. If anything would have been a slave, it might have been a white slave coming along with him just to be, to be tell the truth. It's important that we understand that the Bible must be understand the history of these group of people. In America and in Europe, the only history we ever know is the history that's being taught about Europeans. And when we here in America got our, our rights away from the Europeans, but we don't learn anything about where we came from. The Anglo Saxon and their descendants. That's the history we know. One would think no other race had played a part in shaping America or shaping the world. And reading the Bible, one would believe that black skin had no part. This is far from a true fact. Anglos or white had very little part in shaping the Bible, very little. But when they came over, it was the same thing would happen during the Bible time that happened with America and other places. They came over in America and killed and pillaged. The same thing they did when they came to the Holy Land. Even today, there are but a few Anglo-Saxons in Asia Minor today. We have white so-called Jews who were placed in Jerusalem in 1948 after World War II. Other than the six million or so whites who I say are not Jews, the remainder of the people are Asians. They are Asian minor. They are blacks and Arabs. Let us see what Webster Dictionary has to say about Arabs. A member of the Arabic-speaking people, a citizen of the Arabic-speaking nation, a member of the Semitic people, inhabited since ancient time, the Arabian Peninsula and the desert fringes of Mesopotamia and Levant, spreading throughout Southwest and North Africa, Saudi Arabia, Yemen. Omar, Qatar, Kuwait, United Arab Emirates. We have noticed none of these races are Caucasian. None. Let us take a step back and study an Ethiopian history. It will support my theory of Ethiopia being the first empire. To go even further, Abraham was a part of an ancient empire. Ethiopian Empire, a book entitled Ethiopia, the Missing Link in American History. Support the theory, page 5 and chapter 5, the ancient empire of Ethiopia comes down to will, passed from the ancient of days with the richest heritage in history. Ethiopia was considered by the Greeks to be the home of of God and a retreat of the masses, a land of fertility, fields with riverbeds of diamonds, with mountains of gold, 
Isles of the Blessed, the land of the setting sun, where the giant Atlas was compelled by Olympia Jove to prop up the heavens upon his head and shoulders. The vast desert was lied south of the Atlantic, uh, excuse me, of Atlas, known as the Sahara, is called by the Moors and the Moors of black people, Moors, the Garden of Allah, where the chariots of the gods whose flaming wheels burn the soil into sand, scorch the children of Africa, Chris, that have, for which the word Ethiopia is termed, sunburnt by God. The word Ethiopia was originally pronounced Ethiopia, sunburnt face. Now, George Smith, in the Chaldeans' account of creation, page 7, Decipher from the Babylonian text that there was an original race of man at the beginning of the Chaldean history, a dark race who were called Admara Adama, the people of Ada, uh, Atlantis. Now they go to Mr. Smith, Sacred Annal, page 49. He quotes the Hebrew commentator and said, our rabbis assert that Adam, our father of blessed memory, composed a book of precept which was delivered by God in paradise. Ancient record now in possession of King Haile Selassie. That's Egypt. Haile Selassie, the black Ethiopian king that Iran was the 35th child of Adam. Josephus, the historian Josephus, who wrote Antiquity of the Jews, Flavius Josephus, page 48, uh, William Winston translate, says that there is an old tradition which said that Adam was the father of 33 sons and 23 daughters the African language, we find that the African language is the oldest language in the world, and it is birth and growth before and beyond the flood. The language that we call Hebrew is nothing but a deviation of the African tongue. R.G. Lathan, in his book, Man and His Migration, page uh, 156, to 157 on Ethiopia says in the language of the Abyssinia the G of the Tigris admits as long as they have been known to be somatic graduates through Amharic the places of black Ethiopian Jews today that they have 26,000 that's over in the Holy Land now. Haraji and Gophet and other language, which may be well studied in Dr. BK's uh, valuable uh, comparative table into Agon tongue are uh, equivalently 
indigenous to Abyssinian and through this unto the true Negro class, but unequivocally as many to be Semitic elements of Beecher, Coptic, or Gala. And then, you know, the Gala is what a lot of people that that, that was over here uh, came from Africa and who came and they were around Virginia and Carolina. They spoke Gala. Their infinity with the tongue of Western and Southern Africa are more or more so. The Bible teaches that those who who uh, became Jews in Egypt as 70 shepherds, grouped in 12 patriarchal families. 400 years later, they left as 600,000 strong men and women, not counting the children. In 400 years of enslavement in the United States, it would be very hard to find a pure-blooded African. This transpired through the breeding, the crossbreeding of slaves and masters. This is why today we have some blacks who look white. You can call an African-American a rainbow from the lightest color of the spectrum to the darkest color of the spectrum. This happened to the Jews in Egypt. They came in bondage in Egypt with black skin color and left even darker because of interbreeding with the Egyptian. This is nothing new. Dr. William Mosley, who wrote, What Color Was Jesus? With many other scholars support the fact on page 7, Mr. Mosley writes, So if the original Hebrew were non-white stock, we may conclude that the original Israelite would consider more black at the time of the Exodus than present-day Israelite. Furthermore, historical record states that ancient Israelites, Egypt and Ethiopia, were, were not only clothed geographically, but were also clothed socially, culturally, economically, and politically. Both sacred and secular writing describe the presence of Ethiopian people in Egypt and Israel from the Exodus to the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. I'm going to stop right here today, tonight with you guys. Uh, it's my prayer that I said something that opened your eyes, that dealing with the origin of, of black mankind coming from Africa to the Garden of, of, of Eden, to God creating man from the dust of the earth. I've never seen white dirt. I've never seen pink dirt. And I showed to you the fact, and I gave you different books and about the cure forms and, and different annals that was written in hieroglyphs that showed that blacks were the people who the Bible was written about. Now, I ask that God would bless us, and that I pray that this would encourage others and motivate others to, to, to do some research. Find out who you are. We left a place in Africa and came to America not knowing who we are. We lost our language. We lost our culture. 
We lost everything, our history. All of that was taken away and brought into a, a European culture and learned a European history that has nothing to do with us. The only thing that the culture uh, in America, the European culture in America do, he belittle us as somebody inferior who was a slave and who that they hung, beat, and raped. And even to the day, some injustices still prevail by how they mistreat us. Even in this time, for some reason, and, and most of us know the reason, more blacks making up only a little more than 13 or 14% of America is dying of COVID-19. Why is it that way? Why I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Why is it 70% in the state of Louisiana? We make up 33%. But yet 70% of those dying from COVID-19 are African-American. Michigan, same thing. Other states, same thing that less population are blacks. More are dying. And, and, and let us let us understand if we only make up a small percentage of the United States, there are still more whites with high blood pressure than blacks because there are so many much more in population and numbers that overpopulate us. They say it's because of, of poverty. There are more whites on welfare than blacks. Diabetes, there are more whites suffer with diabetes than blacks. Not, you know, uh, uh, per capita, yes, we are number, but as if you look over the whole country as a whole, they do suffer from it more than us. But why is it that we are the ones dying from it? You know, we need to really, really do some research, find out who we are, where we came from, and let no man belittle us. Because I stopped by today to tell you that you are special. God call you. God is want to use you. You are a blessed people. I was thinking about Deuteronomy 28 and 68 that it told us, said that the children of Israel would leave and go into bondage by ship and be sold. No one would buy them, but that we'll be sold or fall. I just finished reading about the Gullah language, and they had some slaves that came to an American show. They call them Gullah. And the Gullah people, most of them were called Ebos. And they say that the Ebo could be the tribe of Judah, because as you look at the map of Africa in 1747, you'll see a place that say K.M. Judah. In other words, the kingdom of Judah. And we know that uh, at A.D. 70 that the children of, of Judah and Benjamin and other other children of uh, Israel fled from the Roman conquest and into Africa. We're going to talk about the Ebos or the Igbos, and, and we're going to talk about the Limbos in, in future nights coming up. But I want us to pay close attention, and the very reason I go back 
because I want to let you know everything originated in Africa, that you are prime. Why do you have dominant genes? Why are your genes dominant, not recessive? A recessive gene means that come from a mutation. We have albino children and come from two black parents. It's a recessive gene. Something is missing out, and then that person come out almost most just totally different. I'm not going to say a misfit, but looks so different. And that would happen to the world in changing uh, the people that left Africa. They went through a mutation. You get a chance, look up what the word a mutant or a mutation means. Uh, and you'll find out just what, and they tell you that whites went through a mutation when they left Africa. That's why they look. They're not smart, no smarter than you. Once one professor uh, wanted to say that that the Neanderthal people, they, their cranium, their skull was larger, meaning their brain was larger, what made them smarter. And on last week, I think I ended it by saying, man, I'll think an elephant, but yet his head is larger. Man can outthink a whale, but yet the whale's skull is small, larger. That does not mean because the skull is larger that that person have more knowledge. That have nothing that that call from the innate ability which would God give us. That would come from within the abilities what God have given us. The Bible say He given us certain measures of faith and knowledge. Amen. Uh, Pastor Hybron, I God thank bless you, you for supporting this program. I thank you for coming up with an idea that we need to inform our people how great we truly are and where we came from. And I pray that something I said, uh, something would, would incite someone to do some research, more of us to do the research and pass it on to our children and our grandchildren and let them know they are somebody, that that Bible that they pick up and read, that we've been reading for so many years, speaks volume of us and how great a people we are. Amen. 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 Dr. Kemp, that is powerful. God bless you. Powerful, powerful show. Uh, this this Tuesday night, History Talk is very powerful. Dr. Kemp, uh, the line is open. If anyone has a question, comment, or statement for Dr. Kemp, the line is now open for you. Uh, questions, comments, or statements for Dr. Kemp. Uh, the line is now open for you. All right. God bless you. When there's no questions, comments, or statements, it always feels that, you know what, your your point is is is, is very well accepted and received. That's how I take that. Uh, so God bless you out there to all our listeners. Uh, God bless you. God bless you. Keep listening. We're here every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, Dr. Kemp, if you can give some information uh, an email or a phone number where people can contact you uh, for information. And we're going to be giving out some series here soon too, uh, where you can order uh, Dr. Kemp's series of history talk. We're going to put this together here real soon, maybe after the summer in the fall, you have a series of uh, breaking chains history talk available for you uh, where you can order this and uh, this will be available to you. We'll start doing this series for you. Uh, here real soon. Uh, if you can do that, Dr. Kemp, and then you can close out the show, sir. Yes, you you could email me at LK Lion, L I O N of O F Judah, J U D A H, at yahoo.com. 
That's lklineofjudah at yahoo.com. That's my email address. Any questions that you need to ask can be emailed to me. Also, that if you are in this area and, and would like to take courses through United Theological Seminary uh, and Bible College, uh, which I'm the director, school is out right now. We start back in, um, I pray we start back in, in August or fall, United Theological Seminary. I am Amen. the director of United Theological Seminary and Bible College Extension. 36,000 of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I've been blessed to do that, and I've been blessed to pastor for 26 years. I've been blessed to have a bachelor, master, and doctorate of theology, and also I have a a bachelor of um, biblical studies from uh, Liberty University. So I've been blessed to have this uh, accomplishments and I do so much studying on my own, and it's just because as an African-American, a black man, I want to know who I am and where I came from, and I want to do the research and really dig deep to find out this, and then I could lay my head down one day after I teach my kids and grandkids and others, and I could say, job well done, God. You put me here for a reason, to raise Mm -hmm. up my people. Yes. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brother. God bless you. God bless you, Pastor. Love you much. Uh, You can pray us out, Pastor. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Heavenly Father, once again, Lord, just a few of your servants are gathered in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Father, we come first, Lord, asking, Lord, that if we've sinned by omission or commission, if we've done anything wrong, uh, we have disobeyed you in any form or fashion that you will forgive us and have mercy. Lord, we know your words say we have all sinned and came short of your glory. Yes. So, Lord, we come with repentance heart. Lord, we come asking, Lord, that you would stand by us as we go through this time of COVID-19, as we go through this yes. time of self-quarantine, as we go through this time of social distance. Lord, knowing that you never leave us where you forsake us. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would allow us to stay in, Lord, and let us not just stay in our home, but as we stay in, let us pick up our Bibles. Let us pick up books and start reading books and find out whose we are and who we are. Find out what will you have for us, what you want us to do, and bring us closer to love, peace, and patience, and forgiveness in our hearts, Lord. Lord, build us up where we're going down, spin us where we can. Lord, we ask a special prayer for those who are working in the hospital, those who getting up cleaning yes, floors Lord. and having to work in department stores and stores, those who are of necessity and have to get out. And no matter how yes, bad it Lord. is, they have to go out and work for our income, Lord. Bless them and bless their families. Yes, bless Lord. those who have lost COVID-19, Lord. Bless them and strengthen them, Lord. Let them know that there's something greater on the other side that you have for. And, Lord, those who don't know you, Lord, I pray they get to know you, Lord, and confess you. You say if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that the Lord will be Jesus from the dead, that we'll be saved, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, and we praise you, Lord. And for all those who are out in Radio Land, all those 
who are listening to this program tonight. God bless you and keep you in strength. It is my prayer. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you, Pastor. We'll see you tomorrow night. The men and women of God come together on Breaking Chains, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Have yourself a blessed evening, and you be blessed out there. God bless you. God bless you, Pastor. Have yourself a good night, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Good night. Amen. I want to be one with you.
God bless and thanks for listening to Breaking Chains on YAT Radio. Listen every night as we live stream on www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash YAT Radio. Or call in live, 858-357-9137. Breaking Chains on YAT Radio. Leaving a mark that can't be erased by breaking the chains of silence. Thanks for turning us on this evening. Just know we are here to assist you in recovering your light from back from the darkness. Speak the truth with Young Adults Talk Live, a ministry for the people of God. So let's join together and recover what's ours. God bless you from the Young Adults Talk family.